0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Just Another F1 Podcast here on the Apex Motorsport. My name is Richard Smith and this is Season 4, Episode 6. And we've just had the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Probably one of the dullest races we've had in a very long time. Uh, but joining me today, as we know all too well by now, is Ryan Cobalt. Ryan, just, if you can, to try to summarise that race in, in three words. And I'm probably guessing it's a long lines off. very, very dreadful
1: um safety car drama there's the first three words i guess you could take uh next three words uh uh copy and paste
0: (laughs) fair enough um and if we go back to december he wasn't even part of the team but now he definitely is and if you're a fan of a certain artist that's been rumored in the panic, you'll get that reference too. Uh Tom Tozlin joins me and Ryan for this one. Um Tom, just your thoughts on that race? Uh, um,
2: dreadful. That's all I have to say. It was yeah, calf my eyes out.
0: Yeah, it it definitely wasn't the most inspiring afternoon of, of racing especially when you've got other series on that's providing a lot more entertainment which we'll probably get on to in a little bit um but you know we're, we're talking about a, a boring race but the weekend was completely different than normal we had a new sprint format in place um we had well we we've, were used to this practice on the friday followed by qualifying in the evening although it was it was sort of Early afternoon, lunchtime, uh in, in the UK this time round, uh but then on Saturday we had a day that really had nothing to do with the Grand Prix itself. We had, um, we 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 usually have three practice two on a Saturday morning, which is often the most pointless session in the world, and they were they have replaced that for this year for the sprint format by a, sp- I'm trying to think of the name. It's a sprint shootout which is effectively the same as qualifying only it's shorter and uh they have to use a new set of compound new set of medium tires in q1 and q2 and a new set of softs in q3 which meant that norris wasn't able to come out unless he fancied going on the wet tires it's a weird loophole and um, but then we had the grand prix on the sunday and Ryan, i'll come to you first on, on this it was in A new, not necessarily new format, but a new way of doing these sprint races. We've had, I think, six maybe more sprint races in the past. Do you think that this new style works better, or do you think we should go back to having the free practice two on the Saturday morning because having an extra qualifying session didn't really create much entertainment. In fact, we had half an hour less on track time than we would have if we had practice.
1: The way I see it is that Liberty Media have taken it to a point where they're trying to get as much interaction and viewership to the, the main broadcasters as they can. So they're trying to draw more eyes on the Friday and the Saturday, not just everyone watching the race on Sunday. So they've already... With the sprint race, as we've seen it, it's one practice and straight into qualifying for the Sunday, which I feel... I don't like it I'd rather that day be the qualifying for the sprint I get that they're just keeping the sprint as a one day thing it's there it's gone it's done so that initial format so practice and then qualifying for Sunday's race then you've got the sprint day which is just qualifying sprint and then the sprint race itself and then Sunday the main race that's five events over the course of the weekend whereas normally we'd have fp1 fp2 the next day fp3 fp4 not FP4. Qualifying and then the race. So still five events. However, when we talk about a boring race, was this race boring because the teams didn't have enough time to go through their usual practice one, practice two, practice three tests where they slowly ramp up the speeds and you know f- understand how the car is going to react to the track? Because realistically, the teams basically had one session figure out how to make the cars go fast. And yeah, that's you locked in Park Ferme for pa- practically the whole weekend. There's no real opportunity to find those extra tents. So if one team managed to do it and the rest didn't have time or were too concerned about an issue they might've had, you know, in the, one of the fir- in the practice session before the first qualifying, so they might've had, say, a hydraulic issue or something, that puts them out of the running completely. So I do feel that there still needs to be either another practice session or the qualifying format be mixed up a bit or something needs to be done whether that's extending the first practice time just make it two hours long just to give the teams as long as possible because i know there's other events goes on at the tracks too you know fb2s and whatever not fb2 formula twos and what that goes on but the format i just don't think works completely the other sprint format we didn't like it initially when it first came out and then we're sort of like yeah it's it's not too bad to have a sprint race you know shake it up every once in a while but that format sort of did work in a way it didn't but in a way it did and this format still is a similar opinion they've tried to fix it and it hasn't really done much apart from get more eyes on the sport as i was saying liberty media just want more eyes Continuously watching those Friday, Saturday, and Sunday.
0: Yeah, I think you're right what you're saying about teams not having enough time to sort of ramp up the running and get effectively three hours work into one hour because it's it's not that easy to do, especially if I, I believe I could be wrong, but it was an Alpine that had one of their cars out very early on in the session, might have been knock on. He didn't get back out and that uh, or maybe it was Gasly and then was it I'm trying, I'm trying to think the first there was a driver whose first proper lap I think um, maybe been Gasly had a couple of laps but no more than maybe 10 his first proper flying laps were going to be in the race which was quite crazy but um Tom do you agree with that that you know, as, as much as we used to love the idea of teams sort of testing, you know, using the practice sessions to build up, then not having that much running, it created more exciting race. This is just not working the way we hope.
2: Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's completely failing because there's, there's no point in, in it and then it's actually just compromising the real main event So obviously, like with the practice one, practice two, practice three qualifying race, you've got that nice build up of events, like building up to like this is the grand final on Sunday. This is what it all this weekend is all leading to. With the race on the Saturday, you're just getting um, the same. You're just getting the race early, but a lot shorter and a lot more rubbish. It isn't it didn't and it compromises everyone's selves. because i know Sainz was struggling with setup all weekend because he didn't like the car and that was because practice won so then with that you can't Sainz was screwed basically for qualifying sprint race qualifying the sprint race and then the race itself so then you that's basically one of the big six drivers already out of the weekend and basically that's just it just ruins it it completely yeah it ruins it.
0: Is is there anything you would sort of suggest as your ideal format or? Given we've seen so many sprint races, the fact that they've had them now this is the third season of them, and they haven't been implemented in every weekend. Do you think it's they're not actually? You know, would we miss them? I'll start with you, uh, Tom. That one
2: yeah um i feel like it's just what they've done this time it's awful it just um it doesn't it doesn't work at all i don't see the point in it having it just on the saturday by itself because it just hasn't got any effect it's just there like at least before it was basically a qualifying race so so it would contribute to sunday and there'd actually be a bit of intrigue like oh what happens if verstappen goes off or um what happens if he spins and he's gonna have to start from the back tomorrow there was that type of intrigue and i think it was very interesting uh in brazil um in i, th- it was, I believe 2021 because that's was one of the key weekends with the sprint race where hamilton brought back his title charge uh, against verstappen so it's it, it can work it's just at the moment it's really what this format change is just it hasn't worked at all and i don't see the point in having a standalone race before you've got this main event because it's just it's just yeah you've it's like you've reached the like pinnacle too early and then you're just moving on to another race and it's just gonna get it's not tangible you'll just get bored after watching like say you're watching a race on saturday you're gonna lose the casual viewers because if it was that was a boring race they don't want to come back and watch a bigger race on the sunday
0: Ryan, what do you think of just something that's coming to my head? The moving the sprint to the Friday. So have a, you know, if they want to keep the sprint a standalone event away from the Grand Prix, have a free practice session and then do a reverse championship order sprint race on the Friday afternoon. And then that way, if a car gets too damaged, they still got effectively... A day two days to fix the car, that's
1: not a bad idea. Or we go to grassroots karting where you pick your starting position out of a hat and we go from there. Now that would be an interesting, right? Setup, Then <laughs> they do Get, the get
0: up the, the yeah. You know. Get up the randomizer there that you have set for the production. Yeah, ready to go. Let, let's see, who who would have been starting on pole based on the randomizer?
1: Right, it would have been number 62, so probably 63, Russell. George Russell. Russell. He'd have on pole. Okay. And then we'll just, we'll just, just for curiosity. Front row. Front row, uh, number 31, closest, Esteban Ocon. Matt.
0: Oh, yeah, 31, so, yeah.
1: You know. Okay. Now that would be fun to see. Yeah.
0: Know. And what do one more? Who would be starting dead last?
1: Dead last. It would be yes. number eighty one, which is Oscar Piastri.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what we've established that. here is a randomizer can still give a half realistic grid.
1: Yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah.
0: There we go. That's great. So um, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it is an option. Um. I'm trying to think of other random, crazy things that because could Because it, it done. still
1: also means then, you know, you can have your practice session, you can have your sprint race, and then you can go back to the Saturday where you then have another, qual- like, your practice session and then qualifying for the Sunday. It's still five sessions, yeah. and, and you still get your sprint race. It just means you get two practice sessions instead of one, and then your sprint race is just there, and you just do it. You know, there's no there's no wasted time having to qualify for the sprint just here's your number, here's your order go <laughs> that's a sprint it, race
0: the, the problem as well is there was a lot of chat beforehand that the sprint format was going to be one shot quality which I think would have maybe created a, a lot more interest because you that, get, yeah you, you get
1: know. one out lap and then one lap yeah. and that's it
0: although I still maintain that Formula 1 for the sprint race should do something similar to what Formula E is doing with the duels. Because that qualifying format is fantastic. Because, right, you, you've got, a, it's well over an hour, the process of qualifying. But you've got the two groups and you've got the top half and the championship and the bottom half. Just, you know, one, every other driver coming out. And then you've got, um, you know, then you could have some really good team battles. Like in, in Berlin, we had Nick Cassidy and Sebastian Bohemi for a vision, both battling in the both duels when them two weren't having the best weekend together. Could you imagine in a quarter-final duel to have a Max Verstappen versus Lewis Hamilton or a Verstappen versus Alonso? that would pique people's interest more so than you know, Charles Claire running away with pole position in both events this time do you Tom do you think that maybe for at some form One could consider in some format maybe not completely ripping off um formally because I feel like it's a great format but something similar whereas maybe it's the top top four go into another battle, like a... I've... I've... Bring back knockout qualifying, that's what I say. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, possibly. The only thing is, yeah, it's going to look like they're copying Formula E. Well, I thought yeah. maybe going to, like, Dirt 2 or, like, Project Gotham Racing here, you do, like, one of those... Or, or Grid. Um. You do one of those races where if you're sitting in last place by the, when the timer finishes um you're eliminated from the race so the whole point of it is to not be last because imagine like the lunches you'd get as well and stuff you just get like say Alonzo's oh he's stuck behind Hamilton he's only got like three seconds left on the timer but here's a corner bang they both go off that'll, that'll make it interesting like I feel like that would be I think it'd be kind of cool but then uh, the question is would it work because would the cars be able to follow each other uh it's do you think they'll work around are you saying that in terms of a
1: qualifying or in terms of a race? Uh,
2: like like instead of the sprint race, you have this like um, elimination race. So like every thirty seconds, so every well not every thirty seconds because it needs to be longer because it's F one and not grid. But um, yeah, like say every minute or every five minutes, the last place car gets like eliminated from the race. But like we kind of want that to happen
1: anyway, because like realistically, realistically I think right. See, see when it comes down to like the last three laps, there is no real need for anyone higher than P14 to even be on the track <laughs> I mean less than P14 realistically like they're not end points challenge and three laps to go what are the statistical odds of something going wrong with a car in front of them very low but with knockout it can work it just means that the slow cars are always going to be knocked out unless you've got a grid penalty and then you just get held up behind. That is the only way that works because I remember, I think it was, what, maybe 14 years ago or something, they trialed knockout qualifying and that was a mess. They had a timer going, a timer was going, tick, 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 tick and you had to keep going out and trying to get your laps, you know, to a certain degree. But what happening was you were maybe doing your out lap or on your lap and then you'd be knocked out before you'd finish your lap so people weren't even getting laps in. So knockout qualifying is never going to be a thing ever again. Thank God. But knockout racing, I, I think it just would be a bit boring. Like, it sounds, it sounds exciting. Oh, knockout racing. It's like, no, the, uh, the the boxing isn't involved. Drivers don't fight after it. Don't worry. <laughs> no, you're just taking the slow guy out of the race and just making it easier for the other guys to go around. I don't know.
0: But would that not just encourage overtaking from P20 upwards rather than just from P12?
1: But like how are you going to encourage overtaking whenever overtaking itself is hard enough and then you know the cars can barely pass each other as it stands just under current way they're built? Oh, oh they're, they're supposed to be able to pass
0: each other. Bring them push or... to pass from Indicare? Yeah.
2: Or like just push a touring i would like push them, um, push them out of the way, give them a little like tap on the rear, yeah. and just push them off the circuit.
1: Or, or sprint racing, is based off of driver skill. The FIA fit a chip into each car that limited limits max power output and top speed all to an equal level, and then everyone hashes it out to be the best driver, uh, on on the on the on the day. That would be more interesting. Everyone same power, same cars, but like W series, and just whack it out. You yeah, know, that sounds good.
0: Every lap, the leader gets eliminated, so you got everyone battling to not be first.
1: So basically, what we had in Monza was it in qualifying. Was it yeah, Monza pretty Italy? much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where literally no yeah. one goes and everyone misses out <laughs> on the yeah. qualifying lap. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so um, I think this just screams volumes of how dull this weekend was when we spent about fifteen minutes chatting about different ideas for sprint races because I don't know if, if it was the circuit because Azerbaijan, I, I always remember thinking Azerbaijan is going to be a top quality race, but since the two rebels collided, every race since has been a dull affair, and,
1: uh, rest in peace twenty
0: eighteen, <laughs> yeah, and I just don't know because. I always feel excited coming into Azerbaijan because I feel like it's going to be good. But I don't know if it's just this season the way that we know that Verstappen is the runaway leader and is most likely going to win the title given his only real challenge is
1: Perez. I'm backing my boy Perez. Perez is going to take it.
0: Well, Ted Gravis is also back in Perez by the looks of it um, from things that have been said on social media. And... Uh, we'll move on to that um very quickly about perez and he's the master of the street circuits we we know that by now he i think everyone has come on a street circuit so far and he become the first double winner around baku he i feel like if there's any season that perez can go for a title it's this season and that's purely because the Mercs aren't there yet, um and I feel like despite the Ferrari taking pole position in both races or sprint and the race, it they they don't have the race space Red Bull are just in a league of their own, and you know we we seen with the Verstappen Russell battle, we seen a. cited for stop and come out that i don't think we've seen since he won the title to be fair um this aggressive driver who isn't i think it was damon hill called him a sore loser which i'm fully expecting another sky or rebel boycott of sky at some point given given the comments but um tom do you think that perez can win the title or is it very much a foregone conclusion that it's it's going to be another third title for Verstappen for,
2: for uh, no I think Perez is definitely there um, let's let's think about it now like with these cars um, at the moment we've found that drivers are taking a while to adapt to them and it's definitely taking a lot longer than, say, like the last generation F1 cars, to if say, if you switch teams, it's going to take you a season and a half to get used to the new your new car. So Perez is around that time now. So I think Perez is, this is prime Perez that we're going to see this season. And I think it's Verstappen's biggest challenge yet. He's got an experienced driver who has proven that he he can go out there and win races in machinery that shouldn't be out there with winning races like he won in bahrain in 2021 it, uh in a car that was decent but probably shouldn't have been anywhere near the front so he he's a very talented driver and i believe that he really can take verstappen to his absolute limits and what verstappen has to try and do is not let his anger get in the way but as already mentioned he he just can't he's
0: just he's um yeah he's a bit of a hypocrite so yeah right your thoughts on that do you think Perez can go for a title challenge
1: 100 percent. as you were saying it's it's his most likely chance he's bringing the fight to max he is the main competitor Charles he, he wants to be there but Ferrari just it just doesn't allow it to happen but perez he's 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 at him he's been going for fastest laps when he can that there was a bit of an argument between the two drivers already they do still congratulate each other after winning uh, i did notice that max just said uh, good job man after the race ended so he, although he is uh inter- in on the inside probably h- hating the fact that this is the first driver he's ever actually had to challenge beside lewis hamilton but i mean as in like a teammate realistically Gasly wasn't a challenge Albon wasn't a challenge so and I suppose Daniel actually was a challenge but Daniel uh, is going to need another two years before he can get back in that seat but Perez I'm, I'm telling you I'm backing it he's going he's to win the championship he has to he has to it's his only chance this year
0: yeah I think this is definitely it's all or nothing for Perez this year especially with well, we've seen things of Red Bull in the past, the, the Swift turnover, and that's not a Taylor, Re- Taylor Swift reference. That's a purely accidental one that time. Uh, we'll stick with Red Bull, and one of their key people who isn't actually on as part of the budget cap because of some weird loophole is Adrian Newey, one of the most iconic names in the sport outside the drivers, is I guess. um Tom, just how important do you think it is for Red Bull to... Keep hold of Adrian UA because he's won them so many world championships.
2: Yeah, incredibly. He's probably, other than team principals, he's probably one of the most famous like uh, behind-the-scenes characters on the grid. And all the cars like just throughout the past 30 years that he's been involved with that have achieved so much, it's really it's key. You have to keep someone like that down to a contract. And especially with... Um, the rumored interest of Ferrari in Red Bull's um, some Red Bull's engineers. i because there's been rumors that um, two ma- um, big engineers from Red Bull have gone over to Ferrari. It's been rumored, so um, potentially keeping uh, Adrian Newey is
0: a, yeah
2: very very good for them.
0: And Ryan, obviously Adrian Newey he, is so influential. Do you think though it might get to point where Rebel should maybe start looking elsewhere because it'll get to point where his ideas might run out.
1: Nah, his ideas never run out. Remember, as as uh, as as Mr. Ted says, he is the man who sees air. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And if he's the guy that can see air, well, then I I don't know what he... When the wind blows and he sees it going through the trees, he's like, yeah, I love my job. Now, Red Bull, uh, try and hold on to him as long as they can. Obviously, where there is the master, there is the protege. So he probably has a few people that, you know, he's either teaching, coaching or bringing up and maybe keeping his eye out for potential... You know, new engineers, aerodynamic engineers. So, you never know what's gonna come along. The, the line of Red Bull's history, you know, someone always comes in and something always works out. Red Bull had a a long stint of seven years playing catch up with Mercedes. They get a year absolutely spot on. Focus on the regulations. The man who sees air sees air and sees where it goes. No need for a wind tunnel. That's how they got round uh, the wind tunnel time. You know, they win a they win a championship and then it's like, oh, we've got reduced wind tunnel. No, we don't. We've got Adrian Newey. <laughs> <laughs> they so, just send
0: them out into the, into the forest, just look at trees and yeah. different bits yeah. of grass and where the wind's blowing.
1: Here's the yeah. car. Stick it in the back of a trailer. Put the car in the forest. Watch the wind. Looks good, boys. We have a fast car, but no, you could e- you could even just tell. You could just tell that whenever all the like, like when the teams like to leak images, it's never the final product. And you have seen Red Bulls, and it was the most plainest thing they've ever done on a press release. Whenever they're releasing the car, then you actually see the car, and you're like, yeah, where was all those little hidden bits, Adrian Newey? That man knows knows things that some computers mustn't be able to see because of computers, because computers AI is pretty smart. You know, I'm pretty sure if you asked an AI right now how to build an F1 car, they could give you a pretty good description of how to build an F1 car. Uh, but the man who sees air, they can't, they can't be that guy because that's a man. You know, you can't, you can't see air. A computer can't see air like a like Adrian Newey can. <laughs> okay, I'm done I just,
0: now. <laughs> I just thought a brilliant collaboration, if we ever get the chance to do a video with him, um, building IKEA furniture.
1: Awesome,
0: I reckon that man knows how to build IKEA furniture in about two point two seconds. Would you be up for that? Tom? Has to be
1: a, has to be an uh, IKEA
2: wind tunnel, though. I think we
0: should
1: email
2: Red Bull, get him to do it, with, get him to get in touch. Yeah. Give him a little email.
0: that will be in interesting dressing club.
2: Can we borrow your head, Aero Man, for <laughs> IKEA furniture assembly, please? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really need some help. I can't put my bed together.
0: Yeah, That'd be, a, be a fun idea, and then we we could do it with every F one team to see which mechanics are the best at building IKEA furniture. Yeah, I yeah, it's
2: great idea. Screw lap yeah. times. Like let's who yeah. can build the best IKEA furniture. I think it's been it, between him and Gunther Steiner.
0: Oh, it's it's, it's about like was it is it Canada when it's raining they put the. Where is it that the teams have the boat race? uh it,
2: was it J- I think Japan. might oh, it might, well, it it might be I Japan actually?
0: Miami. Yeah, there, I know every year the teams have a boat race somewhere. It's either Japan or Canada, but it it just I don't think Sky shown it because we haven't raced in either of those places for a while. But um, it used to be fantastic. Um, on the media there um, we're going very off topic. Let's get back on track. Um. And probably apart from the commentators going absolutely mad at Norris's move for tenth place, the most exciting part of the race—well, not necessarily exciting—but most notable part was the very last lap when S. Ocon done what he's entitled to do and that's dive into the pit lane, because uh, obviously he needed to pit at least once during the race, and he, he did he did that then, but um the. The F.A. Stewart's and the scrutineers and the pit lane staff were in the pit lane ready to go for the podium. We had rebel personnel on uh, the pit wall. According to Christian Horner, all within regulation, all of their feet on the um, the concrete. Although some of their mechanics all of a sudden turned into nine foot tall me- uh, mechanics. But uh, we had two people on the pit lane putting out a one of them weird, you'll probably know better uh, term for Ryan the, the belt things that they put across um, and like Just airport call security them the, stuff.
1: The, the airport queue lines yeah
0: we had w- one of them being put out across the pit lane which it's a bit like um, you know that meme of the, the gate where you're walking through where you can walk either side of it no problem it was a bit like that because you could just drive around it but um that was going out and we had a combination of photographers and scrutineers all standing in the pit lane Aukon comes in and they all dive out of the way it was what Sky Sports was saying in commentary an absolute shambles um Ryan just how, how dangerous was that
1: well if you just even take the basics and what well, some of the slowest speeds is usually what around 40 45 k's, forty five kilometers. It's still thirty mile an hour, or whatever it is. But that, that's you know, thirty mile an hour getting hit by a normal car, that's quite a punch. Thirty mile an hour with carbon fire fiber front wing, yeah, you're getting your legs sliced open if you get caught by that thing. Never to mention the big massive tires. If it did run you over yeah it, it wouldn't it wouldn't have ended well to say the least if Ocon say, say it was in, it was a blind a blind pit, pit entry you know where the wall literally as you're coming in turns you know what would you do there it, you'd just be caught you'd be running through everybody it, it'd be dreadful the Stuarts or the FIA or whoever's supposed to be watching the live race coverage there was a good what 15 seconds or 15-20 seconds at least of footage of them going. Oh, hold on there, Ted. Uh, something's going on here in the pit lane. And then immediately it should have been, right, what are they talking about? Let's take a look at this. Right, we can see what they're saying. Yeah, we're just going to let this slide. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Oh, oh, that's right. Ocon's coming into the pits. And then panic. Literally no one organized nothing. There should have been one person sitting shooting everyone off the track or... They should have even sounded that wee bell that goes off whenever there's a car entering the pit lane, you know. Well, actually, no, that should have been going off because once yeah. they come down into that slip part, that alarm should be going off. So why, why did people ignore it as well? Was there no one there to enforce that? Because that is the safety thing. If that bell goes, you clear the track, you clear the pit lane because something's coming in. So why was that ignored? Did it actually go off? You know, they didn't actually say that, so yeah.
0: there's actually well,
1: a big loophole here.
0: You see, I, I was having a conversation with Craig about this because he's obviously covered Formula One races before as a photographer, and he was saying that when he was doing it, you were the photographers were allowed to assemble once the leader has started the final lap because, But that's
1: because that that's only if no car has to come into the pits to serve a penalty. Yeah. Or to yes. do their pit stop. Like you go back years ago to whenever Michael Schumacher did it on his last lap to win won, a race. He won, he won the, there yeah. was no one in the pit lane because they knew he had to come in to finish the race. You know to do his pit stop. Yeah. So it's it, it just doesn't make sense to me how that was allowed.
0: I think before I come to you Tom this one. I will say when I was in Berlin for the Formula E I was allowed in the pit lane and that that wasn't during live sessions it was when the put lane was was effectively closed for the race cars because there's no support series there it's just Formula E but the safety car was going round and every time the safety car come into the put lane everyone was cleared out of the way sometimes you're even having to stand in teams garages just to get out of the way Um, but they, they made sure it was completely clear before anyone entered and the siren was going as soon as they hit the the pit entry line the the alarm was going you could hear it the far end of the pit lane and you, you could miss it and i think i've seen a couple of things on on twitter going well no one was listening to the sky sports commentary they would have been listening to the track commentary well chris medlin was on that commentary and he tweeted out after they said he gave multiple calls to you know everyone in the pit lane because you would assume that there would be some form of commentary with the opposite they could hear. Then going clear the pit lane, Cle-, you know there's a car to come in. Um, Tom, just you- your thoughts in this whole mess.
2: Uh, it's it's a shambles, really. It's um, it's the f- um potentially the fourth um situation where there's been people on the track before races ended for the FIA, because you had uh, the Australian Grand Prix with the fans uh, invading the track, uh, obviously as you've already mentioned, the protesters, uh, I actually know you haven't mentioned this, the protesters in Berlin, you had them on the track, you had um, p- protesters slash fans on the on the track slash rally course at WRC, and then now you have this with the pit lane, it's just, it's a complete mess, and it's, it's just a trend with the FIA at the moment, that it's that it's just they're not learning from their mistakes they need to look back at stuff and then put in measures to make sure it doesn't happen again and it doesn't seem like they're doing that it seems like yeah we're just finding ourselves in the same situation over and over at this point and yeah yeah yeah
0: because you know, look at those incidents um you know obviously a lot Fully aware of the the WRC one, but um, you know, formerly, obviously, again in Berlin, I was there to see that, and I seen the protesters um being dried out. And if you, you may have seen momentarily, I posted the video online of it, and uh as one of the things where you looking at the older footage from the people in the crowd, you can't necessarily blame the FAA for that one because they they scaled a pretty high fence in very fast time that I you know yeah. Olympic level speed, um, you know, so you can't put full blame on them for that one, but this one is fully down to them because, but then, the, the, I'm two minds about right. it. Yeah, cause uh, I'm two minds about it because anyone there that was in that position down the pit lane will have signed a waiver, will have signed terms and conditions, and will understand Formula One in in some capacity, that surely amongst that group, someone should have known that Acon hadn't pitted.
2: properly. Because the it, thing is... Oh, sorry,
0: continue. No, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, basically, if you're a cameraman, though... You're getting paid to get the best photo there, aren't you? Like, you're fighting against all these other people. So even if you knew there was something wrong, the peer pressure of the situation, knowing that if, yes, I'm going to be more safe doing this, but I could get, like, the best photo for the magazines and the newspapers and stuff, and then actually make a quick buck out of that, um, you're going to want to do that. You're going to risk your safety for probably your job for the money it's what you're there to do you are there to be the best cameraman and to get the shots needed by the team and if you're not fully committed to that um you're not yeah you're you're not going to get the results you desire so it's basically full commitment from them to put themselves in danger to try and get the best shot they can
0: yeah uh... yeah and that, that's, that's a good point and a fair point um but to sort of counterbalance that a little bit um each team will have photographers to have because i've watched a little bit of camillman's video on this because i've I, I seen he he covered it there's certain photographers to have pitball access so therefore d- photographers and it's usually one or two per team are able to Going to the football and get get that picture of Verstappen or or Perez in this case coming past with the team celebrating, that's that's their job, the, f- and from what he was saying in his video, the majority of the people there were actually the scrutineers rather than the photographers because the photographers were still, pen in a pen, uh, you know the vast majority of them leading up to it, that they they're, they were all going towards the podium the podium happens after the race going forward could the FAA maybe consider for even just Azerbaijan delaying the podium by two minutes to allow the race to finish and allow photographers to get there Is, yeah. I think it's one of these things where look in the hindsight there's so many things that went wrong but it could just be a case of everyone's you know the season the are three rounds into the season the the whole safety briefings at the start of the season are starting to be forgotten about you're doing the same safety briefings every single race and some photographers aren't you know starting to listen and you've got people who are as you said there to make quick money we may have the wrong people working in that environment. and I feel like if it happens again, something very seriously needs to be looked at because yeah it it's just gonna get far too dangerous. and yeah because if we get to this point where and the other breaches of you know protesters getting on track, we've seen what happens so soon and we've seen how lucky they were that the race didn't start, you know Berlin, was they were lucky as well because the, all the drivers are doing their burnouts so they were all, the smoke was everywhere you couldn't see these protesters on track it, I fear like it's going to get to the point where the worst is going to happen and it's going to then have a detrimental effect for access that everyone has when simple changes such as not allowing people who shouldn't be in the pit lane into the pit lane until after the race is complete, something like that might just solve big issues and you know, enhance security around around each circuit because we need that as well because we can't have a repeat again of Berlin or Silverstone because you know, they're not not going to get lucky three times in a row. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, move on now to a driver who is. I necessary is in trouble, but recent performances probably aren't living up to what you would expect a formerly world champion to be delivering. Um, and that's obviously Nick freeze Ryan, I'll start with you in this one. Are you disappointed by Nick Freeze or do you think he's just a victim of a not so competitive tire this season?
1: I think there's two elements to it there's the element of he has been out of formula e for a while um, well formula one but well, not even formula one he was never in formula one but he's been out of how do i put it engined vehicle for a while he's been on electric and then he was also sat off as a reserve driver that's a lot of time out of a car can't unlearn things but you do take twice as long to learn them back again you need to relearn good habits you need to and you know he's, he's not exactly learning off of the best mentor of uh, yuki Sonoda. let's let's be quite honest here um i think having comparable comparability towards yuki he's he's not doing the worst but he's not exactly putting in the the performance you'd want to be putting in at this point in the season i know it's only four races and we give daniel a false full, full two years and was like he, he'll eventually turn good he'll eventually turn good so i'd say get give him the full season just wait to see what he can put out we've seen what he did at williams he jumped in a car and he was he what was it P, a p11 i think it was he finished mm. in the end up or p12 nah, you the you first he jumped got points. at williams oh, he got points in his, yeah, in his first his first, first debut for Williams, you know, he, he does have the talent there, it's just, you know, was that talent just, I'm going to go as hard as I can, I'm not going to care about the consequences, I get this one chance to prove that I'm a, a good driver, give it my all, and now he has the seat secured, he's, he's maybe not as, he's more worried about keeping the seat instead of pushing as hard as he can, or is he worried about pushing too hard and then spinning out and damaging the car which fortunately it does happen it's just a thing that does happen all the big drivers have done it we've seen signs do it quite a lot last season you know spin 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 um, it's I don't know Nick DeVries how do we summarize you he is decent wouldn't be my top pick but he's doing okay not what formula one junior academy people would want because we've seen when max went into that seat he's a really good driver we've seen when Albon went into that seat he's a really good driver and we haven't actually really had many young people in it apart from yuki who came in and well yuki is yuki as i already mentioned he's very short-tempered and uh those, those are that's a one word thing not two because uh, otherwise you get in trouble for, for for saying that um but no just give him time just give nick some time
0: tom do you think that always you know as, as ryan said red bull have daniel ricardo as part of their driver team Maybe would it be worth utilising him as some form of a driver coach for both Yuki and Nick? Because I think both of them are struggling and need just a little bit of help and support.
2: Um, yeah, I think that would be helpful, very helpful for both of them. Because obviously you've got such vast experience from Daniel. He, he's no, he knows every single bit of the sport, the emotion uh, of winning, the emotion of absolutely hitting rock bottom. So he can really uh, relate to the drivers and can really show them a way to really get the best out of the car and to be in the best um, positive attitude they can be in. Um, and then going back to the Formula E point, I feel like one of the reasons he might be struggling is yeah, he's come from Formula E. The cars in that are very different to what, well, and the. The cars and the driving style of those cars are very different to what you see in normal engine racing and basically formula one and any other motorsport but um he has been doing some engine based motorsport because he has been racing for racing team netherlands since 2018 to 2020 and then he took in part in le mans last year with tds racing after one of their drivers was injured uh, before the race so he stepped in as he was already there with Twitter as a reserve driver. So he, does, he has been driving some engine stuff but obviously a Le Mans prototype in LMP2 is a lot different to um, a Formula 1 car and as I said earlier with Perez I feel like these cars you need a season and a half to really get used to them. So I feel like we're not seeing. It's still the how many races in our we? Is this the fourth race now? Yeah, uh, yeah fourth, Seth.
0: fourth
2: okay, or fifth. Uh, uh, Bahrain, uh, Saudi, Bahrain as uh, Saudi, yeah, fourth. Um, yeah. So we're the fourth race in now, and I feel like he was. He's still learning. We still need to accept that he's only. It's only like, yeah. He's still got how many races like just under 20 now i don't know like yeah so with that he he's still got plenty of time to turn it around it's just yeah he still he needs to not make silly mistakes like clipping the inside wall at azerbaijan so yeah but it's rookie stuff so he can easily turn it around it's just yeah will the very strict red bull driver program kick him out before we start seeing the quality of a driver he is
0: yeah, and especially with Liam Lawson doing so well over in Super Formula so far taking the race win and the opening race of the season, I I feel like there could there could be the pressure put on uh Yuki I'd get rid or, of Snowder,
2: though.
0: Yeah, to be fair. Um either driver, both Snowda and the threes both I think are brisk and if the thing is the super formula championship goes on until october i could see potentially a remember when Gasly came in and then he had to midway through the season after doing the formula e he had to then miss a race because he was doing super formula i think Kvyat came back and replaced him for that one race um i could maybe see something like that happening because uh, obviously there, there is a pretty hefty gap, um, between the seventh and eighth round of Super Formula, um, and the, at that point, in the, at the end of August, we'll know whereabouts uh, Lawson is in the championship, and if he's not in the championship fight, but is still looking promising, we could see that that swap coming for the rest of the season, um, for the sake of having a full season of the the same drivers i i would i I wouldn't like that but i do think Liam Lawson probably deserves a chance in F1 sooner rather than than later but let's move on to predictions now and well uh Tom we we jokingly made you have an an apology during the week because um we put the blame on you because we forgot to make predictions for the sprint race and then i suggested we should do them and then i forgot to do them so we don't have predictions for the sprint race um but we do have predictions for the grand prix itself um to which i scored a grand total of zero because you know maybe being me not great for predictions um but let, let's start Well, pole position obviously with charlotte Leclerc. none of us got that because i don't think any of us were quite expecting Ferrari to be so strong, we were expecting, um, well, you and Ryan were expecting uh, a red ball. I was expecting Fernando to be there, uh, moving swiftly to the top of the standings. Uh, winner, I went Lance Stroll, which obviously didn't happen. Um, Ryan, you went for Perez, so you've got one point there. And uh, Tom, you went for Alonso, which is a no. Then uh, Team Apex, Tom, you just had a good weekend. Uh, you just put. Verstappen and Perez in the podium. Um, Ryan, you got one for Verstappen, and I put the Mercedes duo there and got zero, obviously. Norris obviously didn't get fastest lap. Neither did Stroll or Verstappen. Uh, Ryan, who was it that got uh fastest lap? Uh, George Russell. He George started Russell.
2: flipping from Verstappen on the last lap. I was so annoyed.
0: As <laughs> <laughs> one would say that's karma that's the fourth yeah. reference to Taylor Swift. this podcast we're doing well um and the surprise uh, i said Maggie's in top seven which was a no ryan you went signs two penalties five seconds or more which was a no and uh tom you went for piastri to finish in p14 he finished 11th which is better than what you thought and he was quite old so to be fair it's a pretty decent weekend for oscar piastri given the circumstances um, given that McLaren it's not too bad so I'm currently on the podium but in last position with five points Ryan's on eight and team Apex are on 11 uh, so let's move on to the predictions for the Miami Grand Prix this one I c- I'm quite looking forward to although I'm not actually going to get a watch qualifying because I've been the flight back from Monaco which is gonna be quite exciting I'll be there for the Formula E again Uh, which fulfilling a lifetime ambition to report on the race from Monaco, so coverage of that will, of course, be all over the website and social media. Um, big, big moment for for the Apex, but um, yeah, Ryan, I'll start with you in this one. Pole position, who are you going for?
1: I'm going for the Monegasque Charles Leclerc,
0: okay.
1: You know, after his standout performance the last time, uh, that's mm-hmm. a tight circuit, and he was pretty good at it last year. Uh, I'm gonna stick him in.
0: Okay, I'm gonna go for Verstappen. The basis is I need points. Um, <laughs> and Tom. <You're> passing. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. Um, I can't spell.
2: Who are the poles this year? Can I ask? Um, is anyone outside of a Red Bull and Ferrari got pole? No. No. No, Russell. Uh, Okay, Did he? I'm gonna. I'm gonna.
0: Or was that a race one?
2: No, no he didn't. No, it a race, race win. Uh, it might have been a pole. why yeah. would he got a pole though? Uh, he wasn't south.
1: Uh, we know. haven't had that many races. At, I'll tell you here now. Yeah. Uh, Bahrain's pole was. Oh, not Max Saudi Arabians pole was. Sergio. Per- yeah. Australia's yeah, pole was Max again, oh, yeah. okay. and then Azerbaijan was Charles Leclerc.
0: Uh, well, what, what, Am I am I honestly thinking back to Brazil last year? I think it could uh, be this yeah, this season. are
1: you? Yeah.
0: This season actually feels so long because of the month real. gap we had. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm gonna. All right, this is great. Let's just go, Fernando, because Fernando Alonso.
1: Fernando.
2: I thought you
0: said Lando there and got a little bit concerned oh um, yeah no I'm,
2: I haven't you know. got that much confidence in him okay Um, I mean that would be a monstrous drive to get that McLaren into P1
0: well anything is possible Miami now has actual water on his circuit this time which yeah. is pretty what? good Maybe, yeah. It'll be a yeah. Like, like, yeah it'll
2: be like that'll be Doing the more, like do you Oh. <laughs> yeah this
0: is this is going well yeah um, Can one
2: person just speaks it. yeah it'll Take be like the it they'll like have a little waterfall on the circuit so like do yeah. you go for inters um, or do you put slicks on and like risk that corner on slicks so like yeah,
0: yeah. i i still wish we had a seen the battle for norris and Sonoda in q3 both going out on wet tires to set a lap time that would have been absolutely hilarious because there's only way they would have been allowed out of the pits. Wouldn't <laughs> great? Yeah, we've been fun little battle. Um, Tom, I'll let you choose your race winner first.
2: Um, I'm gonna go with Perez because I want him. Then he'd to go top of the champion. or oh, no, would he go top of the champion? He'd be yeah. closer in the champion. Yeah. oh, he would. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, we'll go Perez then. Because I would like him to be up there.
0: I'm gonna go for Verstappen. I'm gonna be born this week. Brian.
2: man needs points
1: um i also need points however this track as we've seen the last time was very difficult to pass oh but there is a decent wee straight on it um no 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 I, I, you know what i'm gonna go absolutely risky we're gonna have a new winner we're gonna have a new winner we're gonna have uh fernando alonso as our as our race winner Okay. I would have said Perez, but that's already been chosen, and I'm keeping it interesting.
0: Fair enough. Um, well, I'm not going to keep it interesting. I'm going to go for Perez and Alonso on the podium.
2: The new uh, Hamverbot. <laughs> uh, we'll go Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton.
0: Ooh, interesting.
2: Just because I feel like the Merc is better on non-fast circuits. <laughs> and then that speaks for,
0: volumes this year.
2: <laughs> yeah. A chance at all. I'm going to have
1: to stick for Stappen on my podium. <laughs> but I do feel that even though he's not going to win it, I think Leclerc will, will feature on the podium again.
0: Okay. Um, Fastest lap, I'm giving up on minor Street. straight. Uh, streak. Uh, Give up on, on that last
1: time. Yeah,
0: yeah true. Uh, Perez. Brent. He's going for Perez.
1: Um, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to go for Lewis Hamilton.
0: <laughs> okay, and Tom.
2: Um, basically, I'm going to go. For of Stappen for the same reason as last week. He 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 is a man that holds many grudges, so he will be absolutely fuming that Perez. Oh, yeah, Perez has more f- fastest laps than him, so yeah.
1: He'll be even more annoyed that he couldn't get a fastest lap point because George took it, and then yeah. George also wiped him in the start of the race. He's definitely <laughs> on a, a flames yeah. at the moment
0: Yeah. Right. Ryan, the fun part. Random
1: number times. Yeah, we'll
0: we'll start with me. We don't have to randomize this order. You ready? Yes.
1: We click it once, click it twice, click it three times, and we get number nine. And number nine's closest would have been or Nikita Mazepin at the time, but your closest is Perez. either no number ten, Pierre Gasly. Oh
0: yeah! Oh, I could have forget about Gasly. Yeah, Gasly. Gasly. Uh,
1: what are you oh. going to give him?
0: Uh Position, finish the race?
1: Penalties. To finish the race. Qualifying uh, prediction. Top eight. Anything. Race finish?
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, so,
0: yeah, I'll let that slide. Okay, Ryan, your, your random number.
1: Oh, I'm up? Right, click it once. Yeah twice click it three times and we get number
0: 27 who's can that? we reckon and make it turn? return 27 oh no i thought you said seven a uh, hulkenberg no, 27 then. that's hulkenberg. nico
1: hulkenberg um nico hulkenberg let's see what we're gonna go with that. we're gonna go with nico hulkenberg in the points fair no, no? yeah after well, after, after know, practice the we'll, had
0: After practice we'll confirm that one.
1: Oh, well then we'll just say uh, P nine P- P- then if 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 he doesn't get because then the points is P ten we'll just go P nine we'll make it even harder wow. Okay.
0: okay, and final one for Tom.
1: For Tommy's toes, click it once, click it twice, click it three times. We get number eighteen. Dead on the money, Mister Lance
2: Stroll. Um. I don't know. Um, I know. Can I? I can't really say fastest slap because that just contradicts another one, wouldn't it? So um, qualifying uh, position. Something to happen yeah. to him. Does a wheel explode? Does he get a bad um, qualif- does he get A bad
1: pit stop or uh, you know?
2: launch stroll? Just. Uh, I feel like he's going to crash. So, he, can I just <laughs> say he's going to crash somewhere? Or do I have to be like Pacific Way? No, gonna just
1: crash? just Lance Stoll crashes out of race or... Yeah, like, you know.
2: it, Crashes Scholl, out of qualifying, it Lance could be... Lance Stoll just goes up in a ball of flames. There we go. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, crashes out, crashes out. Don't change it to a ball of, <laughs> <ball> of flames.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so... I mean there's been quite a few for to be such a dull and boring race we actually managed to get over an hour uh, of, of talking and there was multiple points that we didn't actually um to discuss but i'm sure we'll get to those another time um Brian, tom thank you for joining me for this one i think we're gonna end this podcast here and uh, to everyone listening thanks again for for tuning in to to another episode um we have done quite well, given how boring the race was. Hopefully, Miami is going to be better. Um, just another reminder: you can follow all our content. Everything will be linked in the description below. I'll be in Monaco this weekend. Uh, covering the Formula E. We we'll also got the Northwest Two Hundred coming up in the next week as well. Um, exciting times there, and and yeah, that is really all. Um, Tom, any final thoughts before I end this podcast?
2: Um, watch IndyCar
0: yes that's one of the things that we didn't <laughs> get around to today IndyCar so far has been fantastic and yeah if if you can tune in to watch it because it is incredible it's in terms of racing so much better than F1 this season and I'm not saying that lightly it is fantastic Ryan any final thoughts?
1: Uh, my final thought is going to be my F uh, Formula One based uh, f- film review, uh, not review, but uh, guide to watch. It is the, the Williams documentary slash film that is on Amazon Prime at the minute. Uh, it's from 2017 and it follows Williams, it is literally called Williams. Uh, so it follows the, the history of Williams and then pre- up to the preceding date of the recording, which probably would have been up to what, 2016. Uh, very good watch shows you the life of Frank Williams
2: as well and in depth into everything. So give it a watch. And also just a Gran my film. Watch that on August went sixteenth or fourteenth whenever that comes out. Because yeah, cool gaming car film.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Ryan, just for clarification, what team is yours based on? What 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 team? Excuse what? me. Uh, yeah.
1: Do you not know the legendary Claire Williams?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the, the record for the most times someone's ever said Williams in ten seconds. So you done a good job. Wow. There. Yeah. Well we'll get Williams. The, we'll we'll send this off to the Guinness Book of Records to see if they can validate well, it.
1: Well I am the best.
0: <laughs> oh well they're black eyed Peter performing Silverstone this year.
1: See, you can't take Williams out of fo- out of football, Formula One. What am I at?
0: <laughs> Different sport. Although I am quite jealous because... Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am quite jealous because Mika's performed at Le Mans, which is pretty cool. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. I'm probably not even going to watch it, but... Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I am, I am quite jealous in that one. But, yeah, let's end this before we completely uh, go completely off-topic and we can get some sleep. So yeah, Ryan, Tom. Thanks again for joining me. Thanks to everyone for listening, and we hope you can join us next time for the Miami Grand Prix. Goodbye.